the hostess was slender and had been tall even before she teased her brunette hair up on stiffeners of mauve feathers that matched her dress. The coiffeur formed a curtained cage in which an insect the size of Adele's thumb sat and shrieked. That would have been irritating enough by itself, but all the waitresses were wearing similar hairdos. The insects sang in stridently different keys. I didn't know that, Adele said, trying not to sound snappish. But it doesn't matter. Of course, mistress, the hostess said, and resumed her smooth progress into the restaurant. Adele supposed the question had been a criticism of her suit, light gray with a thin black stripe. Though as expensive as the clothing of the other diners, it was conservatively cut. The hostess might have preferred rags, which could have been a cutting-edge fashion statement to Adele's muted respectability. Adele smiled thinly, wondering if she might be able to convince the hostess that she was really a trendsetter, that in the past several weeks her severe garments had become the rage on Bryce and Plaisance, respectively the intellectual and political centers of the Alliance of Free Stars. She very possibly could. She could ape a Bryce accent flawlessly but it'd be a pointless thing to do. Given that life generally appeared to be pointless, though, she'd see whether the idea continued to appeal to her after she'd met with Maurice Claverhouse. The hostess led Adele up a sweeping staircase to the mezzanine hanging over the middle of the regular dining area. People on the main floor followed them with their eyes. Under other circumstances, that would have irritated her, but this meeting was work. Adele was a signals officer in the Republic of Cinnabar Navy and an agent for Mistress Bernice Sand, the Republic's spymaster. Both appointments had put her in situations more uncomfortable than lunching in a trendy restaurant. Watch your step, the hostess warned, gesturing toward the flared landing at the top of the stairs. It joined the mezzanine proper on a thin, curved line. The sky room must rotate. Though the floor had a cloudy presence when viewed from below, it was clear when Adele looked down. There were only six tables in the sky room, arranged to put the diners on display. A reservation here obviously required more than money, making Adele wonder again why Claverhouse had chosen this venue for their meeting. Several of those present were dressed in fashions as extreme as those of the servers, though they didn't have insects in their hair. Adele permitted herself a minuscule grin. Not deliberately, at any rate, and in this company, the likelihood of lice was slight compared with the sort of places in which poverty had forced Adele to eat and sleep for many years. The Mondays of Chatsworth had been among the wealthiest and most powerful nobles on Cinnabar, but their property had been confiscated when they were executed for treason during the Three Circles Conspiracy, seventeen standard years ago. Adele, then sixteen, had survived because she was on Bryce to continue her education in the academic collections there. The director, Mistress Boileau, had acted as Adele's protector as well as mentor, but she herself wasn't wealthy. Adele kept a straight face as she glanced past the man at the adjacent table, wearing diaphanous garments trimmed with what seemed to be random patches of fur. 
If it hadn't been for the Three Circles conspiracy, Adele Mundy would have had a circle of acquaintances who'd keep her abreast of current fashions like those. She'd continued to manage to live with her ignorance, however. The hostess stopped beside a table whose present occupant, a man in what looked at first glance like a uniform in gold braid and puce, rose to greet her. "'Little Adele,' he said. "'Still the studious little girl, I see.' "'Good day, Maurice,' Adele said. "'What was the proper etiquette in greeting a man who'd been old when you last met him as a child?' "'I'm still studious, yes, and probably as girlish as I ever was.' "'Which meant not girlish at all, as people generally define such things.' Adele had been quiet and serious from as far back as she could remember. Her best friends had always been books and the knowledge books brought her. Her little sister Agatha, though, had liked dolls and people and games. When Agatha was ten years old, two soldiers had identified her as a Mundy, and therefore a traitor, and they'd cut her head off with their knives.'